Hey, podcast listeners, I'm so proud of you. You just hit the play button, which means you're getting ready to grow to the next level. This is Mike Signorelli, the lead pastor of V1 Church. And listen, do yourself a favor, lock in, listen all the way to the end because Evan Wilson has a very powerful message entitled, It's Hope Not Hype. Yes, it's going to be so good. So without further ado, here he is, and I'll see you on the other side. Good morning, church. Uh, my name's Evan. It's so good to be here today. But before we go any further in this service, I think we just need to take a moment to celebrate and appreciate our amazing pastors. I don't think any of us really understand the extent at which we are blessed to have Pastor Julie and Pastor Mike lead our church uh, Pastor Julie, we've known each other about six years now, um, and I got to say that the more I get to know you and Pastor Mike, the more I love and admire you guys. With a lot of people, the closer you get to them, the less Jesus you see, but just say, it's unfortunate, but it's, it is true sometimes, but I have to say, when it comes to you and Pastor Mike, the opposite's true. And you're the same person on this stage that you are off of it. And what a lot of people don't see is the time that you spend behind the scenes, pouring into leaders to care for and minister to the people of our church on Long Island and Queens and all over the world through our online communities. And honestly, just the fact that I'm getting a chance, come on, we can clap for that. Just the, just the fact that I'm getting the opportunity to share from the platform that you sacrificed so much to build, it shows your heart as a leader. So we love you. Thanks for laying down your life for us each and every day. Let's give our pastors one more hand. But anyways, last Sunday, I uh, had the awesome chance to spend some time with our V1 family at our Queens location. Um, and it was so cool getting to spend uh, some time in another room of our house. But uh, I got to say, I missed you guys. I missed our reclining seats. Yeah, they don't have those over there. I'm telling you, it's the Wild West. They don't have reclining seats. But uh, it's so good to be back with you guys. Um, and I'm going to say something. It's not to stir up any trouble whatsoever. But when I was in Queens, they were saying some things. They were saying that they're more spiritual over there. They were saying that they take better notes and that they shout down preachers louder. Now, I know that's not true, church, but I'm just saying if I was you, I would want to know they were saying that, so you can do with that what you will. Some of you guys are like, is he really pitting our church locations against each other to get us to take notes? Um, you caught me. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it works, and it was worth a shot. But, uh, but anyways, uh, how awesome was last Sunday? I heard Kiel. Is Kiel in the house right now? Is she somewhere? I don't know. I heard she brought a powerful, powerful message from the book of Romans. And today we're going to be picking things back up in Romans chapter 5. So did you bring a Bible with you today? If you did, now's a great time to get it out and open up to Romans 5. If you didn't bring a Bible or if you don't have one, uh, you can download the V1 Church app. I know you've heard about it a lot today, but it's because it is that good. Um, you can download it, and there's a Bible built into it so you can follow along with us digitally. But uh, who's grateful to be a part of a church that values studying the Bible together? Man, we've been going through this series, and it's been our hope and our prayer that you would feel equipped and empowered to dig into this book Monday through Saturday on your own. We believe that when that becomes a value and a priority in your life, that good things start to happen, that breakthrough starts to happen when you learn about who God is, who he says you are, and what he says about this life that we live. So 
It's been so good getting in the Bible together, but uh, today we're going to be reading uh, chapter 5, and we're going to be starting in verses 1 through 5. So if you're there, you can follow along. If not, it's going to come up on the screen for your viewing pleasure. Um, But anyways, it says this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Church, would you pray with me? Uh, Jesus... We just want to know you better today. We, we, we recognize that if we do all this church stuff, but it, at the end of the day, if we don't know you better, we miss the point. So God, I pray that you would use this message to speak who you are. And God, I pray for the person who came today hurting, for the person who came in searching. I pray that they would find what they've been looking for in you today. We don't want to leave this place the same way we came in. So God, interrupt our lives today give you permission to interrupt the monotony, the routine, how we've lived to this point, God. We trade it all in for you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen, Amen, church. All right, so uh, we've been in this series called Beaches, and the whole premise of this series, Beaches, is for many people, a beach represents where you go to find rest right? A beach is where you retreat to maybe to recharge, reevaluate some things like it's a place of rest. But we believe as Christians that that's what the Bible should be in our life. Like the beach, like, like the Bible is where you go to find true rest. It's where you go to recharge and, and get poured into. So we've been going through different books of the Bible. We went through Galatians. Who was here for that? Who loved that book of the Bible? And now we're going through Romans. And really, it's just been a church-wide Bible study. So if this is your first time with us, um, we're glad to have you here. It's not too late to jump in as we're going through the book of Romans. But I know we kind of blew through those five verses pretty quickly, but for the sake of getting some gold out of them, I want to backtrack to verse one, and I want to go through it line by line. Is that cool? All right, I'm going to preach to this side right over here. Is that cool, church? You ready to get into the Bible today? All right, verse one, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by putting the Bethel Music album on repeat all week, now, let me, try that. let me try that one more time. Um, therefore, since we have been justified by sharing a clip of a famous preacher on Facebook, by attending church three times this month and taking communion, and by not cursing anybody out this whole week, by all those things, we have been justified and we have peace with God. Now, now okay. I'm just kidding. That's not what that actually said. Uh, Some of you Bible scholars were way up ahead of me there. Um, It says this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you may have come to church today not feeling at peace with God, all right? But can I tell you something? You actually might not be. Now, I know that's not a super encouraging or popular thing for a preacher to say, but what Paul was trying to communicate in this letter to the church of Rome is that it is by faith and faith in Jesus alone that we can have peace with God. Paul was well aware of the fact that there was a lot of people he was writing to that were trying to justify themselves by the wrong things. 
And can I, can I pose an idea to you this morning that maybe the reason that you don't feel at peace with God today is because you're trying to justify yourself in the wrong things. Maybe your, your knowledge of the Bible, your good behavior, your use of christian phrases. But let me tell you, there is a burden and a weight that lifts off of your shoulders when you realize that you can be at peace with God today just by living by faith in Jesus. Let's keep reading. You can clap for that. Show queens that you guys can get rowdy. Let's keep reading. It says in verse 2, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, I love this verse. Let me tell you why. It says, through him, we have obtained access by faith. Through him. Just in case you thought that even your faith in Jesus was something that you could do on your own. See, God is so good and wants so desperately to be in relationship with you that even if just the pure desire is there on your part, he will empower you with the supernatural ability to come to him and begin to walk in this gift called his grace. It's not something that you could accomplish on your own. It's not something that you could be faithful enough to earn. It is completely and utterly dependent on the goodness of God. It's like, it's like when you're a little kid and, and you want to get your parent a gift. But let's be honest, like you're a little kid. You got no money. Like you got no revenue stream. You're five. But, so what do you do? You go to your parent and you say, hey, mom, hey, dad, like uh, I want to get you a gift. Can you give me $5? So, so you go and you buy something stupid like a slinky, I don't know, like whatever kids think is a good gift, and you come back to them with this big smile on your face looking up at them, and you give it to them, and like, did you get them a gift? Like, kind of, but, but they still love it because, let's be honest, it's adorable. They give you a big hug, and they take that slinky. But even though they were the one that gave you the ability to give them that gift, they still understand your heart towards them. Now, you may have come to church today struggling with your faith. Maybe you feel like you don't even have enough faith to take a step towards Jesus. But church, maybe you need to ask your dad for $5 for a slinky today. Struggling with faith? Pray for faith. I promise you something's going to begin to change in your life. Let's keep reading. Y'all getting something out of this? Let's read on it. This is going to be verses 3 and 4 together. It says, not only that. But wait, there's more. For the sake of this sermon, you can just imagine Paul as the ShamWow guy from those commercials, if that helps you. Not only that, but wait, there's more. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. I want you to underline that word, hope. And God does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I'm well aware of the fact that there's probably some of you who came to church today feeling hopeless. Maybe feeling hopeless about the state of your marriage or, or your singleness or your job situation or your finances or whether or not the Mets can make the NL wild card this season. I touched a nerve there. <laughs> but whatever the case may be in your life, I want to camp out around this idea of hope today. 
I'm calling this message, this is hope, not hype. Would you look at the person next to you, tell them, this is hope, not hype. Have you ever experienced something that didn't live up to the hype? Like, have you ever gotten your hopes up about something only to have them, like, brutally crushed shortly after? Like, when you heard that they were rebooting the Batman franchise, but then heard that they cast Ben Affleck? <laughs> just being real this morning, church. But it's, it's just crushing. But I would, I would say that even beyond that, it's probably worse when you hype something up and then it doesn't live up to it. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, have you ever tried showing your friend or family member a YouTube video or an article that you thought was hilarious, but then they're watching it just stone-faced, and you're like, why aren't they laughing? This is awkward. I'm never going to show anyone anything ever again in my life. Things don't always live up to the hype. Now, I can think of a time in my life when this happened. Um, the time was October of 2012. And the place was Chesterton, Indiana. Uh, I was serving in the youth group of the church I attended at the time. And I'd kind of just, just embarked on this journey into ministry by serving on the student leadership team at my youth group. And um, basically, that just meant that they let us help decide between pizza and hot dogs for the youth nights. Um, they trusted us with a lot. I mean, we were 14. What are you going to do? Uh, but anyways, so we were, we were on the leadership team, and we were coming up on our big event that we had every fall, and we were in a meeting, the student leaders and the adult leaders, and the adult leaders, they ask us kids, like, hey, what should be the big draw this year for the event, like, to get kids from the community to come out? And me and my hillbilly high school friends, probably wearing camo pants, like, without skipping a beat, we say, oh, well, we should build a pumpkin launching catapult and launch pumpkins with it in the backyard of the church. You know, normal Midwest stuff. Like, that's what we do. Um, and apparently that idea was good enough for the adults in that meeting because they said, sure, do it. It's like, okay, yeah, let's let a bunch of 14-year-old boys build a 15-foot-tall, fully functional catapult and then invite a bunch of kids from the community to come hang out close to it. Sounds like a great idea. So with plenty of unearned confidence, we look up the plans online. We start buying the materials, and we start building this thing. It's like it's a race against the clock. Uh, we're trying to get it done in time for this event. But, um, I mean, we'd never built a catapult before. I mean, unless you have. I don't know. It's not normal. Um, but the whole time that we're building this thing and getting ready, we are hyping this thing up like to no other. Like we are putting word out through the town. Word is spreading. Word spreads through the local high school. Like this thing becomes the talk of the town. Like, hey, bring your pumpkin and we're going to launch this thing like three football fields. Like it got crazier each time we told somebody about it. <laughs> we're hyping this thing up. And then you fast forward to uh, a couple hours before this event's actually scheduled to start. And we're putting the finishing touches on this catapult. And we finally get the chance to test it because everybody knows you want to test something for the first time right before the event. <laughs> All you type A people are like, nope. But we finally go to test it, and to our extreme incredulity, um, I'm telling you, this thing is like the coolest looking failure I've ever seen. Like, it looks like something straight out of Lord of the Rings, but I'm telling you, you could probably throw a pumpkin further than this thing could launch it. I am not lying to you. 
And that was a bad development. That was not good for the situation because, like I said, we hyped this thing up. So we're in this position where uh, we have this giant wooden thing that doesn't work and about 100 teenagers with pumpkins arriving any minute and a really bummed out youth pastor. So suffice to say, um, that event didn't live up to the hype. Now, I know that's a stupid story, church, but I, I want to use it to illustrate the point that things in life, they rarely live up to the hype, right? Like pop culture, it tries to sell us this, this picture of, of fairy tale stories of perfect circumstances and happy endings, but rarely in our day-to-day -day life do things live up to the hype of Hollywood or even the hype of the way that we think things should be. And that's created a world full of people that are caught in this cycle going from hype to heartbreak. And maybe you came to V1 Church today feeling like you're caught in that cycle. Maybe you came today off the back end of a failed marriage that you thought was going to be your fairy tale. You went from hype to heartbreak. Maybe you're a young person in here and you built up this hype around what college you were going to go to this fall, but you got that letter in the mail saying, you know, actually you didn't make it in. Or maybe you believed the hype that said that you should have already fallen in love and gotten married by now, and you're living with the heartbreak of wondering why that hasn't happened for you yet. See, hype is so tempting. It's so tempting because it promises the things that you so desperately want, but oftentimes it leaves you feeling empty because it rarely actually delivers. See, hype hinges on things that might be or maybe even should be. But when you put your hope in Jesus, you are betting on a game that's already been won, church. And when that becomes the way that you live your life, when something doesn't go your way, is it going to hurt? Sure, yeah. But it's not going to shake you off your foundation. Because it's really hard to be let down by something that you never put your hope in in the first place. Man, I really wish, I really wish that conversation with my spouse would have gone differently. But it's a good thing that I don't put my hope in what I say or what they say, but in what Jesus said. And I really wish that job interview would have gone better. But it's a good thing that I don't put my hope in what man thinks of me, but in what God thinks of me. Church, do you see how this could be the key to unlock some freedom for you today? Worship team, if you're in here, you can come on up. Placing your hope in Jesus, it, it doesn't exempt you from the struggle. But when Jesus is allowed into the struggle, he's going to start a chain reaction in your character that's going to allow you to transcend the disappointment and the heartbreak and the fear of what's to come next. Like we read in Romans says we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope what if everything you went through this year god wanted to use it to form you into the kind of person that can hold on to a supernatural hope no matter what circumstance you're facing 
What if God wants to redeem that heartbreak and that disappointment and yes, even that terrible thing that happened to you in order to birth in you the capacity for hope that's gonna empower you to step into a calling and a destiny so much greater than anything you could ever imagine. Somebody say, this is hope. Now, before we go any further, I think it's important to add a distinction here. This is not a a self-help, power of positive thinking kind of thing. This is a surrender to what Jesus did on the cross kind of thing. The only way to obtain access to what God has for you, this hope, is to align yourself with what Jesus did on the cross. And whether this is your first time hearing this kind of message, your first time in a church like this, or whether you've been in church your whole life, what we're about to read, it it always bears repeating. I want to read verses 6 through 8 of Romans 5 in, in the message translation. It says, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. We can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. Church, would you stand to your feet? So you might be asking, how do I grab a hold of this hope this morning? How do I actually align myself with Jesus? That, Evan, that sounds great, but, but how? Like, I feel so desperately that I need this and I want this, but how do I grab a hold of that hope this morning? Well, church, what, what the tradition and religion of man has tried to make really complicated is actually pretty simple. If you read ahead in the book of Romans a little bit, there's, there's a part that says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you shall be saved. You might be asking, how do I grab a hold of hope this morning? What I would ask you is, what's your confession? Who are you talking to and and what are you saying? You want to know a real practical way to trade in the hype of the world for the hope of the cross? Are you ready for it? Pray. Talk to Jesus, the giver of hope. So that way when the world tries to sell you on hype, you're not buying it because you've already received hope. That means in your workplace, in your school, in your car, in your home, on the streets, you can lift up a prayer to your heavenly Father right then and there. You can tap into a supply of hope that never runs dry. In the midst of your heartbreak, in the midst of that cycle, God wants to let you grab a hold of that hope today. Church, would you, would you close your eyes and bow your heads? We're talking about our confession, what we say, who we talk to, 
prayer. We're getting ready to say a prayer right now. And I believe that this is going to be a powerful moment for somebody. I believe that, that there's, there's someone who's been devastated by hopelessness. And you haven't seen a way out of it. And you've been in it for a long time. There's hope for you today. And, and the ironic thing about a message like this is that it has potential to be just another 30-minute hype session. But really that depends on how you respond in the next few moments. You have access to hope. His name is Jesus. And he's right here. And he wants to take your burdens. He wants to trade your heartbreak for hope. So if that's you, with nobody looking around, if you've been struggling in that way today, and you want to invite Jesus into the suffering, if you would, just, just have the courage to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Come on, hands are up all over this room. Thank you for being honest. You can put your hands down. I want to pray for those people right now. Jesus, I thank you that in this very moment that you are touching their hearts with your Holy Spirit, that you're healing what only you can heal, that you're doing what only you can do. God, help them to see where you were the whole time, that you'd never left them, you'd never forsaken them. God, just heal their heart right now. Whatever they came in struggling with, I pray that you would supernaturally give them a peace and a hope that surpasses all understanding, God. There's another group in here that I want to pray for. If you've... If you've never accepted Jesus, if you've never taken that step and you want access to that hope but you feel like you don't know the one who gives hope but you so desperately want to trade that hype for hope today. This is a private moment between you and God. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you and lead you, lead you in a prayer to Jesus? Come on, thank you for being bold can put your hands down. Church, a lot of people in this room, they just made the decision to give their life to Jesus. So can we just give a hand for that? And I want to lead us in a prayer. And we're going to say this thing with boldness in unity with the people who raise their hand and are saying this prayer for the first time. So it's not a magic prayer that you say it and you get into heaven, but it's aligning your words with your heart and declaring truth with a capital T. Like it said in Romans, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So church, would you with boldness this morning repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus... Come on, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me so I can live for you. Thank you for taking my burdens and trading hype for hope today. I give you my life, everything that's in me, everything that I have, I dedicate it to you today. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. And the 9 a.m. church shouted, Amen.
Wow, what an incredible message. I know that your life was just changed because the Bible declares that God's word will never return back void. You know what that means? God just invested in you. That's proof that he's not done with you. So hey, do me a favor. Give this podcast five stars. Share it with a friend. Post it on your social. And we will see you next week, V1 Church.